0: And right we're back for another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you You're hoping we're on facebook live for everybody out there i'm not sure that's going to be the case but we will check out right now again it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from pop culture cosmos the lakers fast break inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review on Apple Podcasts. I'm trying to do it differently each and every time. I don't know. I'm running out of ways to do it differently. If you can, please follow, subscribe, do whatever you can to go ahead and support us here at the Lakers Fast Break. And also, I do want to mention that on the Pop Culture Cosmos coming up this week, we're going to have, actually comes out tomorrow, on Monday, we're going to go ahead and have the director of the number one movie right now on HBO Max. It's going to be Seth Porges from Class Action Park. So you want to check that out on the Pop Culture Cosmos this week as well. Well, We've had a great time today, if you're a Lakers fan, kind of nervous because there was a big comeback in the third quarter, but you know, it was a matter of Lakers being that surfer dude because they were riding the wave today. The wave goes up and the wave goes down, and it certainly did so today for the Los Angeles Lakers, but it was held enough as far as the the Wave is concerned for a 117-109 victory over the Houston Rockets. And here today, first off, to go ahead and talk about today's game are three great guests indeed. I'll ask you to go ahead and round them off. First off, you know it's my good friend. He is here every day for NBA playoff coverage. It is Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. You got to go ahead and support everything that he does. There's NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube for everybody out there on Facebook Live. Plus, his two awesome shows. Run the Floor podcast, and also as well, the NBA Draft Junkies. They're available now everywhere you get your podcast. It is Rafael Barlow, Laker Tom, as also and also Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grice from Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. All right, guys, a good win for the Lakers. But like I said, Rafael, they, they held out against the Wave. The Wave went up wave went down, but the Lakers rode the wave long enough for the victory today.
1: Playoff Rondo was real.
0: Yeah, boy, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it, my friend. Just like,
1: <sighs> okay. He, he he lived up to the name, Um, and Westbrook was just awful for Houston. And in my opinion, the Rockets need – Westbrook and Harden to combine for 50 to 60 points to have a chance. If they don't, then it's going to be a, it's going to be a short series for them. And um, cause they got help from, from Gordon tonight, but Rondo was key. In my opinion, Rondo was the X factor. I think he had 10 points, nine assists, five steals, only one turnover. And then Morris was, was big in the first half when he hit, what is it? Like four for four from yep. three or five for five, something yeah, like that. So yeah, yeah, to me, that was that was the biggest difference. I know with Houston, no matter what, whether they're up 20 or down 20, they always have a chance to come back because, um, you know, they can go cold or they can get hot. So as far as the wave, I wasn't really shocked by that. I didn't think they were out of the game when they were down by 20 just because, you know, that's just how they play. It's their identity. But Rondo, Rondo was the X factor in my opinion. Look, look look at, like, Tom, he's shaking his head like, yeah, I told you so.
0: <laughs> but there are times, though, when it gets nervous when Rondo is just they they give him the Russell Westbrook parking lot space, and he gets baited into taking those shots way before he actually needs to go ahead and make that decision. Like, early on in the shot clock, just because they give him space. Just because they give you space doesn't mean you have to take that shot. In fact, Russell Westbrook had a clear wide-open three, Instead, he should have driven it into the lane. Instead, to me, that I think was you got to take it. Hold on, guys. Go ahead, Rafael.
1: Uh, so I think you have to take it just to keep the defenses honest. Um, like last game, Russ hit that big three. That to me was the biggest difference. And then, um, but he missed it this game. I know they're going to leave Rondo open, but he hit one. He was one for five. And they dared him to shoot that shot at the elbow at the end of the game. And to me, between that or LeBron's shot at the end when there was like one second left in the shot clock, to me, those were the backbreaker shots. So um, you have to at least shoot it to keep the defense honest. And that's what it worked out for Rondo, and it didn't work out for the Rockets today.
0: Sean, I want to ask you now, my friend, I know you're very anxious to get on it. I just appreciate you joining me today. I want to ask you this. What were some of the things that you were seeing differently today besides a revitalized Rondo? Boy, am I going to hear about it here in a sec with Laker Tom. He's just (laughs) chomping at the bit to get at me. So I want to hear you, my friend. Although there were still good points as well. Kuzma was effective. Markeith Morris was effective. Danny Green had a couple nice shots. Everybody seemed to play well enough today outside, of course, the big two of LeBron and AD.
2: Absolutely, Gerald, I'd agree. I would say everybody just did played their game, did enough to get by tonight. Um you know, I was looking at uh, the box store and if you told me that, you know, Tucker, Covington, and Gordon would be fourteen of twenty seven from three, and then I'm thinking, okay, like Raphael said, if James Harden has thirty to thirty five points, you had Rusberg in there. I that's, could spell you, that's
0: usually a recipe for disaster.
2: Yeah. And yet, at 2.09, with the game in doubt, um, the Lakers made the right decision defensively. Westbrook has the ball. He passes it back out to Harden. Harden has AD one on one. Rondo's right there. Rondo comes and helps AD. Harden passes it back out to Westbrook, and LeBron has a choice he can either run out to Westbrook while he's shooting or he can leave PJ Tucker in the corner open. Now, which decision would you make at that moment with Russell not shooting the three very well?
0: Well, obviously that's the case. But the thing is, if you're uh, Mike D'Antoni, you have to think about seriously if you want to take Russell Westbrook out in those points of time, because you're caught between house the was shooting
2: high. it well too yeah How, you could have replaced westbrook with house in that situation
0: absolutely i mean there were there were a lot of options that d'antoni could have gone to but then again it's the mindset of what russell westbrook because he can either take you in or he can take you out of a ball game and last but and last but not least i want to go ahead and introduce again laker tom coming in with us my friend all right you can go ahead Been waiting all season for this
1: the one much. time,
0: pretty much. The one time that he does show up. Let's hope it continues <laughs> for us. Playoff Rondo. Go ahead, my friend.
3: It's well, it's kind yours. of funny. I uh I've been ranting all day on Lakerholics.com. And primarily my screams have been about Frank Vogel's coaching. Um <laughs> the poor decisions he made by starting the starting the fourth quarter with Rondo and a big man as a combination that just takes your offense out. And takes your defense out. There were some good signs in this game. The biggest good sign was the two bigs, Dwight Howard and Javel McGee, played a total of eight minutes. They were minus nine in the eight. Well, Howard didn't even play. No. But uh, McGee was minus nine in his eight minutes of play, including How did nine. he get hurt?
1: He uh, Harden, uh, twisted ankle. He twisted ankle. Yeah, did he get hurt?
0: Yes.
3: Really, I was but giving credit for having some brains.
1: <laughs> but but when did he get hurt? Was it on the celebration on the LeBron alley oop? <laughs> he was jumping yeah. up and down.
3: I don't know, but uh, I think <laughs> I didn't see you, it was a play. You, you just can't you just can't play those guys in that situation. It was We're early in the third quarter, running. I think.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah. It well, was.
3: he took him out immediately after three straight threes uh, at the start <laughs> of the third quarter, and that's where he got his minus nine. He played eight, about seven minutes in the first half, uh, had a minus or had a plus one because the Lakers had a 10 to nine lead. But the key to this game and is that we dodged 33 point differential in three point shooting from the Rockets. And I mean, before the game, I was just saying that we have to be very careful because you know, the Rockets are going to come out and they're going to have one of those games where they just rain threes down on you. And this was the game. And thank God, whether for whatever reason, Frank Bogle got smart and stayed with the, uh, with Anthony Davis at the five and a little bit of Morris at the five, because that's what saved us. Um, we outscored them 24 points on two-point shots. So We made up for a good hunk of that differential that we lost in the three-point shots. And hopefully they're not going to shoot that well next time. The defense was inspired most of the night. I give the Rockets a lot of credit, man. Mike D'Antoni, I know he's been belittled by so many Laker fans, Primarily because of his win one stint with the Lakers, but that team is a well-coached team. They play rough, tough defense. They held their own on the boards again. P.J. Tucker was just a monster underneath. Harden is Harden is Harden. What else can you say about the guy? That team knows how to move the ball. Um, I give them a lot of credit. The series is not over. I still think we're going to win it in five, but we're going to have to make some adjustments. We had a better job of cutting. We got great three point shooting from Morris coming in. Danny Green, KCP had very bad games in my opinion. I don't I can't even hardly remember KCP scoring. Did he? Yeah, he scored get five. Any points? He got five. He got he, five. Okay. I know Danny to... made three threes. One of them was a clutch three so that was good. And Danny I thought played better defense than he usually played. He wasn't beaten by guys getting in there and our rotations were great. I I still I still would, you know, I like that Vogel played some zone. I thought that threw them off every time we did that. I would just like to see more five out. I mean, I watched the Rockets play five out, and you watch how easy it is for them to get into the lane when they do that. Um, And there were several times when Anthony took the ball from outside or LeBron took the ball from outside and was able to get all the way to the rim. Um, We just need a little more innovation on the offensive end, and we need to keep McGee and Howard on the bench. But there's At no, least for the series. It's what? no
0: disrespect. No disrespect to them, but they don't fit in the style of play that we're going to have to face. Well, that's what I told you weeks ago that this was going to happen, especially with Howard in that, you know, as far as it would shortening the rotation to a seven and a half or that type of thing. We saw Dion waiters for a second, but again, defensive lapses are going to cost him each and every time. Well, he got he got
3: hurt.
0: He got hurt as well. So. He got hurt okay well then we'll have to take a look at he that pulled
3: a groin. he pulled his groin so
0: oh okay but still you know, the main
3: reason he was out
0: but still defensively but, you know, that's all,
3: we got a win that we needed lebron played great ad played great um the rockets played great the lakers played great it was a good game
0: well uh, again as i was going to say uh he, defensively he's going to be a struggle as far as any time he's in there so if he does get back to health him trying to you know crack a place in the lineup is going to be difficult simply because of the fact he's it's hard for him to you know get those rotations out. But still, 44% uh, – th- go, go ahead.
2: Sorry, Gerald. No, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I, I think uh, the way Alex Caruso can defend in this series, he's a much better tool to be used than he was last time. He's not being asked to chase Damian Lillard and CJ all over the floor to follow catch and shoot guys or off the dribble. He's being asked to basically glue himself to that corner and don't move. Absolutely. Pretty but, much. But also
0: hitting forty-four percent of your threes. You talked about how Houston hits forty one percent threes, but again, they're taking a lot more threes. So it is difficult to go ahead and make that up. They did make it up tonight, but when you're shooting a lot less threes like the Lakers are, it is going to be a problem going forward if you're gonna give you up that that you know, the rotations still were very slow when it comes to the the way they were defending the Rockets, those corner threes, as Raphael would probably allude to, are are driving Laker Tom nuts. P.J. Tucker was still hitting threes. I want to ask you this, Raphael. When it comes to defending in threes, I would say give up more of the wing threes instead of the corner threes because they seem to be overplaying, going for the wing three, then the the player on the wing passes it into the corner and that's how they're getting a lot of threes. I'd say, you know what? Go ahead and, and make those threes from the wing. I'll dare you to shoot those threes because it's, you're going to probably hit it a lower percentage than you will from the corner.
1: Well, I think Eric Gordon would be the one shooting the wing threes. And he's the better three-point shooter, well, at least reputation-wise, and more dangerous shooter than the guys that are going to be in the corner. So it's, it's kind of like pick your poison. I, Tucker, I would, still, yeah, I
0: would huh? still go with you know letting Gordon shoot the threes.
1: Well, that's why I think it's tough because if you close out on Gordon, if you do a hard close out on him at the slots and he can drive it to the basket. Well, if you give a hard close out on Tucker, then other than that one play at the end of last game, which is the rare time I've seen him make a shot inside the three point line where he caught it and it made like a little, little soft touch floater. I think that's more rare than normal. So like I said, it's kind of pick your poison because Gordon can attack closeouts. Oh, absolutely. Other and, guys can't.
0: And he's, and he's very solid in doing that. But, you know, like you said, pick your poison. I'm just going to choose the poison as far as a wing is concerned because statistically, to me, I think that's a little bit more difficult a shot. They also like the top of the keys. I would like to say, you know what, guard the top of the key, guard on as far as the corner threes. I would let him have the wings and see what happens
1: from there. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
0: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character-driven
1: and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it.
2: A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our
0: shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets. The Lakers played some, a lot of junk defenses, especially in the first half. I saw. Noticed Frank Vogel tried to shake up a little bit. Laker Tom, were you liking what you saw at least initially on in that excellent first quarter played? That they were throwing a lot of junk defenses at the Houston Rockets.
3: Yeah, I really did like that. I I think it. You know, you have to. You can't do the same thing over and over because these guys are so damn good at their game that they make adjustments and they move the ball. Um, I still think that they ought to try a triangle and two because I I think that basically you want to keep Davis in the middle. And you want to, they played a 1-2-2 two, two zone, um, which worked at times. But the problem with that zone is that you got your, your two guys that are down low basically have to go a long way to get to the corner. Um, and the, everybody wants to get you to take above the break threes rather than head-on threes or corner threes. And the problem is is that that's, those passes are always the easier passes to make. Those are the guys that are always open just because you don't stay with the people in the corner. Um, I saw Caruso at least two or three allowed two or three corner threes because he was over helping. Um, but Caruso also had a good game. I thought defensively, he stayed in front of his man. He made some excellent passes on fast breaks. Uh, made a couple of nice lob passes to LeBron. He made one great one to Kuzma. Um, I can't complain, you know, listen, I, I thought we took, I thought we took what was maybe the best game that the Rockets could throw at us other than Westbrook perhaps playing better. Well, I and, just... and and, and Dan Toney saw what was happening with Westbrook because he pulled him out of there in the third quarter and put another shooter in. And that's when they really came back and, and gave us all we could handle at that point in time when they surrounded Arden with shooters. So, you know, this is, this is at least we made the adjustments that we didn't go with Howard and McGee. We made that adjustment. I'm happy to that extent. Um, I thought we shouldn't have started the game with them because in both cases, we lost points. We gave up points. We were a minus eight for the time that he, McGee was in there. And you just have to face it that in this particular situation, the smart move is to play the other eight guys and not to play those two guys. It's just a part so thought- of the rotation going forward, but they're not the right matchup against the Rockets. Go ahead, Rafael. I
1: thought McGee did a good job of altering shots in the first four or five possessions of the game even though he, he may not have gotten a block. He turned
3: the fall over twice. And well, yeah, the first play of the
1: game, they ran a
3: play for him. He gave up two threes, and during his period of time, he gave up two threes and had, had two turnovers. Right.
0: But he also, again, uh, like Raphael was saying, altered the ball a couple times, blocked shots, uh, did provide some decent like, defense. Go ahead, Magic Man.
2: Yeah, no, I was just going to say, Gerald, uh, the pace – I, I agree with every what everybody's saying. I also think that the pace of the game, even though the Rockets did score one o nine it didn't it didn't feel like an up and down game, even though they were they were making you know over forty per cent of their threes. It felt like to me what LeBron said in the first game was true. Yeah, we gotta feel for their speed, like he wasn't gonna let everybody know what he was looking at. But this is what I was kind of referring to when I said um, you know, LeBron James teams lose forty percent of their game ones, whether it's he's been in Cleveland, whether he's been in Miami, or and now with the Lakers twice. And I think just looks at game ones as more of an adjustment. What matchups can I exploit? What matchups are gonna give us problems, what schemes can we use here like the guy's just a Rolodex. He's pretty much a, a, a Rolodex of composition. And I, I think the next game is going to be very different than the two we saw already.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, he did, uh, he did play well today. Efficient 10-17 shooting, 28 points. Anthony Davis chipped in 34. Just a well-rounded performance from everybody else, from Mark uh, Markeith Morris, again, getting those four three-pointers in the first half. Kyle Kuzma, six for seven. Uh Rayon Rondo again as Laker Tom would love to so point out at me, he did get chip in, like I said, with an all-around game and Raphael said he was the X Factor. I was amused though
3: for sure. I was amused
0: though when I saw that graphic to start the game with JaVale in there and and I you know, we told you Frank Vogel's not going to make a change this early
3: in the series. I'll be interesting to see if he makes a change the next game because he should. He almost lost this game. Oh, I, almost, I'm not disagreeing he with could you. Have lost this game by by not by not making that adjustment.
0: I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just Frank Vogel, and went to the Mike Budenholzer School of Coaching. He's not going to make changes unless absolutely necessary. And yeah, Mike.
3: Yeah, look what look where that got
0: Mike. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well Raphael, I want to ask you this, my friend. Still, if you're the Rockets, forty percent shooting. Uh, everybody seemed to play well outside of of Russell Westbrook. Is this a note to Mike D'Antoni that you might need to go ahead and have more shooters out there and less of Russell Westbrook? The thing is though, he can put you into the game just like he can take you out.
1: No, I mean, you knew what you were getting out of Russ when you traded for him. So you have to stick with it. I think he could easily be effective next game. Yeah. And I mean, I, in my opinion, I feel like he got off to a rough start because maybe his he started off like one for five, one for six, and a lot of those shots were altered by JaVale in the first few possessions of the game because it looked like their game plan was to get him going early and attack. And, uh, yeah, he just had a, he had a rough game. I think that if you're Houston, even though you lost, you have to feel confident because you were down 20 at one point, and you came back. And it was, you know, it was probably a good, you had a chance to win until maybe like the last three minutes of the game. And that was with Russ playing awful. And then Harden and Westbrook had more turnovers than assists combined. So I think if, on one hand, you, you can't feel, We have to feel confident. You're tied at 1-1. And the one game you did lose was because your second best player was awful. <laughs> and, um, and then, Rondo and Kuzma had good games. I mean, they're efficient from the floor, so I don't think that they should be too concerned. As far as adjustments, I don't even know if they need to really make any adjustments other than maybe get Russ the ball in the middle when they're attacking Harden and allow him to play three on two, which he should have two guys in the corner, and then it it would force the defense to decide Russ layups or corner threes. Um. As far as the Lakers, I'm I'm like uh Laker time, I'm curious to see what they do because even though it's one one, how do you justify changing your lineup that's got you this far? If you're down oh two, then you have an excuse, like we need to make this change. But one one, I think they need to stick with, with the lineup because they won the game, even though McGee's uh minutes in the second half Weren't good. I thought in the first half he was he he did make somewhat of an impact. But like I said earlier, it was weird that the first play of the game was like an action play for JaVale McGee in the middle of the floor. I thought that was very strange. Well,
0: they got off to a real sluggish start in the first minute or two, uh, and I, I know that was just like uh, accentuating and uh, perpetuating Laker Tom's fears as far as the Lakers getting off to good <laughs> bad starts. So. They did turn around real quickly, and they ended up with a great first quarter. They were not able to carry the momentum all the way. If you're the Lakers, Laker Tom, I want to ask you this. You cannot continue to count on 44% shooting from the behind the arc, uh, you know, even if you're not shooting anywhere near as much as the Houston Rockets. What are you going to well, do? Actually, we actually shot 61% from behind the arc. Well, that's 44%. We uh i have got 44 uh, 12 of 27 from behind the arc. Yeah, 12 of 27. Oh. 12 of 27, okay. Yes, uh, 44. For guys,
3: just, uh, I, think I got that stat earlier yeah. when I was trying to put things together.
0: Okay. Well, um, well 61, problems, if they shot 61%, that. that would be really something. But yeah, it was 44 is well, darn good. First was off,
3: Marcus, Marcus Morris 41, K, 41% <laughs> is, is exceptional for the Rockets. As Raphael said many times, their game is not to shoot, not to rain threes on you. With efficiency, but to rain them on you with volume, um, and I think one of the big things that that was really a turnaround in the game was that we out we scored outscored them in fast break points, twenty to six, and we outscored them in um, points in the paint, fifty four to twenty six. So that's how you have to offset thirty three points deficit in three point shooting. You really have got to get a you know we got twelve more two point shot two made twelve more two point shots. Um, we are much more efficient from the twos. We are much more, uh, efficient in the paint and, and we basically push the ball all the time. Um, and that's, that's the it... best way that we can beat their defense. We let them get set up. It's a really hard situation because they're going to pack it in and, and then you're really going to have to shoot like You're going to have to shoot lights out in order to get a lot of points in a half court.
0: Go ahead,
2: magic man. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, Gerald. Yeah. I mean, Fast break points, they only had six. So the threes they're getting are really more off half-court sets, you know, broken scramble plays. They're not really, like like Tom and, and Raphael said, they they shoot threes by volume. So if they're out in transition and they're bombing those, uh, you know, that could be a different pace of style that we don't want to play. Remember last time Tom said that, to, you know they can play several different styles you want to play up and down they could trap you you want to play a half court game and try and suck into the lane they'll, they'll, they can trap you there there's several different ways to skin a cat right and they usually find a way well, i'll tell you what though I, I, go I, ahead rafael
1: i want to ask something about the transition the lakers i don't know if they missed in transition I mean, I know LeBron had a couple dunks. If you remember, there was one play that the Rockets had a steal there in transition. And, you know, Harden moves at his own pace. He's never going too fast in transition. He had Gordon trailing for an above the break three, but he threw a lob to Westbrook to try to get him going. And they missed that one. Then there was another play in the second half. Early in the second half when they were making their run, they had a fast break opportunity and they weren't able to convert. While the Lakers converted, their fast breaks, but they were also like backbreaking fast breaks, you know. Yeah. The the uh, I know the one lob to I think it was it two Caruso to LeBron lobs. Yeah, yeah, two of them. And then another play that I thought was big was Houston was down maybe nine, and then they scored a basket, and then the Lakers ended up turning a getting a fast break off a of made. Affirmation shot it was somebody passed the ball ahead to, to Caruso and then, he threw and then a pass it threw the to Kuzma, it, Kuzma it, yeah
2: yeah Rafael uh, pop pop always calls those kind of games in place like broke back plays you know miss on one end and then on the other end you just just have to tip your cap and say you know what you're the better team tonight
0: it, it just was yeah. a better flow i think for the lakers this at, this evening I think they understood and had a better idea how to go ahead and attack, uh, both from the offensive and de- defensive side of the ball. They just had a better plan. I do want to give credit to the coaching staff for making some adjustments, as Laker Tom sure. would like to say. Yeah. I know it's not everything that Laker Tom wants. Uh, I know he would love to just You know,
3: I don't, I don't really care who he plays. I don't care who really starts. I just don't want to see a big start. And I just don't want to see a big in the game. Because mostly time is in the bubble. Talking about Howard and, and McGee because they, they're a liability on offense. They're a liability on defense. And they also make it impossible for Rondo to play. Um, I haven't said anything about Rondo because I actually included in one of the articles I wrote that I didn't think Rondo should play either. Uh, (laughs) You know, so, uh, Hey, you know nobody's perfect, but uh, the thing is, Rondo. If I could see that Rondo might start in lieu of McGee, that's a trade. That's a trade off. I think that you might see Frank Vogel buy off on. I don't Do think, think he's, he's there. There. Um, but it's an interesting. It's an interesting situation because it turns LeBron into more of a scoring weapon. You know,
1: so, and so, uh, well,
0: and and LeBron, go ahead, Rafa. I think Raphael, hold on, Sean. Sean. I think Raphael wanted to
1: go ahead. I was asking, like a Tom, do you think uh, Vogel says, you know what, JaVale, I know your ankle's bothering you, we're not gonna risk it, so we're, we're gonna put you on a minute restriction this game. Rajan, you're starting.
3: <laughs> no, you know, you know, I, you know what I think he does. I think he says to him, JaVale, you're gonna start the rest of the playoffs, man, but against the Rockets, it doesn't make sense for us to. Start a big man and have you out there at the three point line trying to guard somebody out there, um, and I think Javale's enough of a team player that he wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, I, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see that as, I don't see it as a, as a, as a coach not worrying, worrying. I don't, I, Javale's been around long along enough; he understands the game, he understands the matchups.
0: He's won two um, championships with golden state. Yeah. I mean, and that was coming off the bench and that was coming sporadically. But I, off the I
3: bench. can see the I can see the benefit that if Rondo plays well, I can see the benefit of him in the lineup. Um, and it makes a lot more sense because the team would get off. One thing I really hate is how we start games with fadeaway jump shots. You know, every time that I've coached a team, my rule always was at the start of the game, at the end of the game, you never do anything but go to the basket. Um, it's just how you have to start the game. You want to be aggressive. You want to start aggressive. You want to finish aggressive. And you just can't settle at, the, at an early time of the game with jump shots. I don't care if you're, if you're Anthony Davis and you can hit all of those twos and those fadeaways. Um, and, man, I wish Anthony could stay off of the floor. He's on the floor. He and DeVale just mop up the floor the entire game. Um, but i just like to see us start by attacking the basket and running plays to get attack the basket, to get fouls, to get things off a of right start because we haven't been doing that. We didn't do that at the start of this game, and we didn't do it at the start of the third quarter, and it could have cost us because this was one of those games where the Rockets were hitting those threes. And believe me, they weren't contested threes. They were hitting. They were wide open threes because we chose that. That was the poison that we chose. We chose to double Harden to take the ball out of his hands and to let Gordon and Tucker beat us.
2: Go ahead, management. Did go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, I was. I was just gonna say, um, you, you know, this whole PJ Tucker and and AD, it, it's really interesting to me. Um, having spent time, uh, pretty much my whole life almost in Toronto, I remember when the Raptors got PJ Tucker and I remember Raptors fans being told that PJ Tucker is the LeBron stopper. Watch out for PJ Tucker. Yes. And when LeBron rolled in with Cleveland, they just mopped the floor with them. I mean, there, there's that funny meme out there. About PJ and uh, I think it's Kyle Lowry talking about who's going to guard LeBron. And Kyle basically says, Yeah, you know what, PJ, you can guard him.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. So
1: uh, well, they but, call it LeBronto, so he <laughs> didn't have a shot. But I, 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 I have a question see. for you guys, real right. fast. Go ahead, Rafael. Go How ahead. do you think Dwight reacts to a DNPCD?
0: Not as good as Javelle. I agree with that.
2: Not as good as JaVale either. Yeah.
0: Well, but still, the point is that if the Lakers are winning and you know, Dwight doesn't have an excuse, but this is something that Raphael and, and I had talked about weeks on end, that it was going to come to a point where if they were meeting up against a team that goes small or that is small, like Houston, that Dwight Howard was going to be the odd man out. It's nothing against him as far as his play is concerned, but you saw in game one how ineffective he can be because he will just not go out as far as to the three-point line. He only stretches as far as at the end of the paint, and that's all you can expect. So if he goes back to an inside game, inside battle, with another team, he'll be fine. Going to the, you know, if there playing the Clippers or the Nuggets or pretty much anybody from this point, except for Miami, which we'll get into in a second. That would probably could be another situation where... Uh, They might have to go small, but I will say this, that Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee can expect a lot less minutes. And there could be very well, a possibility that they could still stick Rondo in there or someone like a Kuzma or somebody in the starting lineup. It is going to be the reality, especially if again, or more, or (laughs) more, especially if the Marcus Marcus
3: at the five and spread the floor, it would be the way that I would go. But, Markeith, of course, I've yeah. given up on that happening at this point in time.
2: Well, again oh, – Keith, Keith, Keith just knows what to do out there. That, that That's another Swiss Army knife that the two of those guys have.
0: Well, again, if it comes down to the point where if the Lakers do suffer a Game 1-like meltdown in Game 3 or Game 4, you will see adjustments made, and I think that's when Frank Vogel might reach into the cupboard to go ahead and bring out a Markeith Morris at the center position – or go ahead down to a Rondo and take out a JaVale McGee, finally make Laker Tom happy in that sense. But let's go ahead and before we head on out to the Milwaukee um, Miami game, which Rafael almost had right, I want to go ahead and ask you this, Rafael, real quick. Uh, you know your thoughts on the things that are going to be done for Game Three. I mean, we've always talked about how Houston doesn't really make an adjustment. And they don't really have many adjustments that they can make. What can the Lakers do to go ahead as far as to keep playing consistently and just be able to ride those tides even more? Is that for me? Yes.
1: I'm sorry, my Wi Fi went out for a second. Yeah, um, I saw that. I was like, woo. Go ahead. Yeah, I heard the, the very end of the question. Uh, I don't, like I said, um, Houston can't really make too many adjustments as far as personnel. As far as what different lineups, but I think they have to get Russ in the middle more. And really you just need a better game out of Russ. If I'm them, I'm I'm okay with, with this game. You just need a better game out of out of Westbrook. And you have to you have to say, well, Westbrook was negative fourteen, Rondo was positive twenty-eight. And you have to gamble and say, can they can the Lakers maintain that? Can there be such a big difference between the point guards for the rest of the series. Um, but if, if I'm the Lakers, I'm also confident too. That's the so I think this is a pretty evenly matched series. It's just a, a good chess game. It's going to be, it's going to come down to. Um...
0: Which team imposes their will the most. you think
1: it's
3: going to come down to the Lakers in five
0: that's coming out i say still say the lakers in six but rafael you just like you were going to say because you got cut out again uh which team imposes their will the most and which team is is the best at doing what they do best is that that what you were trying to say
1: yeah and the rockets have already made the lakers somewhat adjust because they've changed their rotation up a little bit dwight has already got a dnpcd and if Laker Tom gets his wishes, then Javelle will, will be on ice until possibly the next round. So to me, that would be a mental advantage if I'm the other team, because I got the number one team, the favorite going into the series to somewhat scrap their traditional lineup.
0: And they blink first, if that's pretty much what it comes down to, because you're making the Lakers mm-hmm. blink first. Magic Man, think- oh, go ahead. Doesn't
3: matter, who blinks, doesn't matter who blinks first. What matters is that both teams took haymakers from the other team today mm-hmm. and came back, you know? And that says that, you know, this is the NBA. These guys can beat us. Both teams yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. And so they both have to come out. And then both teams played with a lot of effort. And today it wasn't like, it wasn't like the game on Friday night where or the Lakers just didn't come out with the effort that the uh, Rockets did. So um, I think, I think what it comes down to now is that, it's very simple. LeBron and AD are better than Harden and Russ.
0: Magic man, what is what do the Lakers need to do to make sure they go ahead and
2: prevail in Game Three? Yeah, you know what, Gerald. I I think we definitely need to see Playoff Rondo again. He needs to show up in some way, shape, or form if uh, Lakers are are going to win Game Three. Um, I also I I need more out of Danny Green. Um. I watched him play a lot last year, obviously, with the Raps in the playoffs. Um, while he didn't, in some games he'd have zeros as far in the points category, he would still be a visible. He'd still make an, a defensive play here and there. There'd still be some focus. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing some inconsistency as far as his focus and attention to detail and it's troubling it's troubling i need to see playoff danny green too well there you go
0: something to look forward to i'm to have laker fans take an eye on and keep an eye on coming up in game three at heads up on tuesday so we'll we'll look forward to it it's nice because we're still getting that day after day after day of playoff basketball but before we end on out guys we want to cover real quickly milwaukee not listening to Rafael Barlow and not going down without a little bit of a fight. They pulled it out today in overtime, 118 to 115 over the Miami Heat. Uh, again, uh, just an amazing game by Chris Middleton. Really showed up to play today. Uh, Magic Man, I'll start off with you first. Jonas Attendacumpo re injures the ankle. My gosh, and I was talking about Rafael before we came on and talked about how efficient he was during that period of time. 11 minutes. 19 points in that 11 minutes. Truly amazing, but he is now very much a question mark for game five, if I'm I'm not mistaken.
2: Absolutely, Gerald. Um, I'd be very surprised if he did play. Uh, I expected Milwaukee to win this game just out of pride. The fourth game is the toughest to win. Nobody wants to lose that fourth game. Any team with pride will fight till the end, and that's what Milwaukee did, even without Giannis. Um, I don't expect the same effort in Game Five, honestly. And without Giannis in the lineup, um, you just—it's basically Spo picking the bones on film because outside of Giannis, who do you really have to fear on Milwaukee as far as a shot creator goes? I mean, Middleton can get his own shot. But can you ask Chris to create for himself and for others for, you know, 40 to 44 minutes in a game? I think that's a tall ask. I love Chris. I love his game. I just don't think he's that kind of player.
0: Laker, Tom, I wanted to ask you this. Something I wasn't familiar with seeing when it comes to a Budenholzer-led team are players playing in the 40-minute range. In fact, Chris Middleton played 48. That was kind of surprising. Should he do it more?
3: I don't think he has a choice. I mean Middleton's gonna be you have to hey I'll have to rely on Middleton. Middleton's going to have to have another forty point game uh, if they have any chance of, of of sticking in and winning a second game. Um and I think I think, you know, Riley and, and and Spolstra and the the Heat, uh they know they missed an opportunity. Um I love the shots that Hero took and make at the end of that game. Um they're going to finish him off in five.
0: There you go, Raphael. Not quite the they're done. Saving yeah, off I, at least another couple days before they need to go I, ahead and pack.
1: I thought, I thought it was over. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he, he plays professionally overseas. And so I kind of always respect his opinion to see what he sees as a, a current player. And when Giannis went out, he says, the ball is going to move a lot more for Milwaukee. I think they're going to win this game because you're actually going to see everybody touch the ball and get a chance to to play. And he was right. And they fought back. And it even makes the situation even more weird now because um, I think most people thought the series was over, even with him playing. And then when him going down, everyone – I mean, I remember seeing some people tweet like, yeah, it's time for me to take a nap before the Lakers game. And then they they won. And so the situation becomes really, really weird if they happen to look better next game. Or if they win, then you know social media and everybody's going to it's, it's gonna be a lot of criticism. To so Giannis may be honest, maybe healthy by then. <laughs> so Yeah.
2: <laughs> if if it's three two do you honestly give them a like a fair chance to be like the first man on the moon here?
3: I'm a mean, Yankee. You know, I know it can happen. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, can. Well, here's the thing: in the modern era, we know no teams come back from O three. But does anybody know how many teams have forced a game seven being down O three?
1: Only one I know for sure, and me and Gerald talked about it last week. Was uh. Blazers versus Mavericks. Yeah, 03. And I want to say yeah, O three, and that was because somebody got hurt, and then the Port Portland didn't know what they had in Zach Randolph, and he no, came in. And he no was idea. a monster for the Mavs. And I, like I was telling Gerald, I was living at home in Nebraska at the time, and you know, been a Blazers fan, and Game Seven, and then we had like a tornado watch, and oh, I totally man. missed like the last. <laughs> I think I missed the whole fourth quarter. And that was back before everybody. Well, I didn't have a cell phone where I could easily pull up the stats, so I had to wait on log on. And but yeah, that's the only time I can think of a team came back down three zero. Um, we've seen it in so, baseball. Yeah, no, uh,
2: like I'm a you know I grew up in the '90s, so I'm a big '90s like trivia fan. You name it, NBA, cheesy dance music, you name it. So the the Nuggets and Jazz. Uh, Came down to Game 7. The Jazz were up 3-0 in 94. And Denver came all the way back. And this is when Utah was really still kind of sketchy. Like, they lost a couple times to run TMC in the playoffs. They couldn't really get past the Lakers. They were questioning whether, you know, you should keep Malone and Stockton. And then they happened to win that Game 7. And, you know, they went on to a couple finals, but that was really sketchy for for Utah fans. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast
0: Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com.
3: This is the bubble, though, you know. If anything 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 crazy can happen. We're, we've got the perfect environment for it. <laughs> so, no yeah, home just, court, you know, a uh, neutral court, no fans. So you guys... You, you notice that I haven't missed the fans, to be honest.
2: In in the NBA bubble?
0: Yeah. Well,
2: I know. As exciting as
3: I
0: can remember. I know Adam Silver's missing the fans, especially from the podcast. Yeah, well, I'm sample. sure, yeah.
3: I'm sure the coffers of the NBA teams are missing the fans <laughs> every playoff game is you know worth gotta be worth i, I, mean, I don't have any idea but they, i know there are numbers for each game what it's what it's worth to a franchise well, heard, a lot of, i've, a lot of I've heard it discussed when games. they talk about how a series gets extended to seven games and how much how much valuable that is to the home team you know because they're going to get two of those last three games
1: yeah i think it was 10 to 12 million per game and sometimes it's the difference between a team going from the red to the positive. But did you see the, speaking of the fans, did you see the, um, how they talked about how, if there were fans at the game, how Lowry would not have been able to get that pass into, um, OG for the shot yeah. because, uh,
3: yeah. those are those are the expensive seats that they took out there. <laughs> yeah. Jack Nicholson seat. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny, also too. I like, I kind of like that nobody gets injured in the uh, underneath the basket on layup, the stanchion, yeah, you know, and so forth. Um, they ought to make the court bigger. I mean, but it does. You do. I mean, that's one of the allure of those those front row seats,
0: man. That you can
3: have LeBron James in your lap.
0: <laughs> there you go. But uh, before we head on out, you guys talk about what you guys are up to with your sights. Raphael. You said that this series was over. Do you think Janus uh, is going to be able to gut it out one more game, or do you think he's out and that the Milwaukee Bucks are finally going to be done?
1: I wouldn't let him play. No way. I mean, it's the same ankle that he injured the last game, right? For game three, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and he was listening as he went let, out after game three. But,
2: but let's say he does play, and something happens. What then? Like then, he's definitely not staying. There's no way in in H.E. double hockey sticks he'd stay in Milwaukee if something happened to him in Game Five. No way.
1: Well, I think it would be on him. I think they would have to protect him from himself. himself. You think he'd go to Miami?
3: Actually, did he pull a Kevin Durant?
2: Yeah, he I think. I don't think so. so I
3: I I have my doubts. I I I look at him and I don't think he's. Listen, it's. Durant really put a spotlight on how how mean social media can be, Um, and to to abandon somehow. I could see KD doing it. I'm not. I'm sure he's not going to do it again. And Giannis doesn't look like to me like the kind of guy. I'm almost thinking that there's still a chance that he might even sign that supermax contract.
2: Well,
0: I
3: think
2: there's more than a chance. I, I think I think a guy like Pat Riley could speak his language though.
3: Yeah, but it's to leave to go to the Heat that meet you. Go That's
2: ahead, Robbie. oh no, no, no doubt. That's but not Giannis. It's 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 the it's the allure of the Heat. Let's be honest. That's that is now a preeminent franchise in the NBA. If I was a young player, I would be looking at Miami, not just for for the weather and for the environment, but they've built a culture there. Mm. Go the ahead. Culture is really good. Go ahead, Raphael.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if Giannis. Even entertains free agency, but like we said on the on the previous show, there we don't know anything because he's like Kawhi; he doesn't have a camp yeah. that leaks anything. You'll never know which direction he's leaning in.
3: And he's in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. But even then, like he doesn't have like, you know, like Chris Haynes or Shams or any of those guys don't have yeah, any it's not like, like he, exclusives. He's, not like
2: he's the Vatican. Your smoke signal.
1: Yeah, like Kawhi, I did not think like we didn't know what was going on, and But well, we found out. Yeah, I was in Greece at the it time. I found out like three o'clock yeah. in the morning. Well,
2: well, you know the <laughs> funny thing about that was when 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 the Raptors fans were talking about you know Drake, um you know trying to convince Kawhi to stay. I was like, Drake has barely stayed in Toronto the last ten years probably asking him what's la going to be like where are you living who can hook up like he's more or towards who oh, i wanted like, to go LA.
3: to la he would have yeah, gone to the lakers course. if Seems they I didn't get the that. paul george deal he, uh, he uh, you know he he really wanted to go to la he wanted to go back home
0: well that's ancient history now and now we're at uh, a tie oh, that's
3: free agent in one year
0: well, right now it's, it's ancient history right now for us because it's a tie series right now between the Lakers and the Rockets. Let's talk about that sometime in the off season. And it's the off season. Stick to the playoffs right now. What we got right now is a tie series between Houston and the Lakers. What we got is a three games to one lead for Miami, ready to close it out hopefully on Tuesday for a lot of Miami fans out there. Tomorrow, I want to go ahead and preview those couple games that they're on the slate for Monday, Labor Day. And I want to go ahead and ask you guys real quick, coming up for tomorrow, who do you have between Boston and Toronto, Game 5? And also, who do you have for the Clippers in Denver, Game 3? Sean, I'll go with you first.
2: Thanks, Gerald. Um, You know what? Even though I live in Toronto, I'm going to pick, unfortunately, I think the Greenies win this game. I think Brad Stevens makes some adjustments. Um... He played. They played a really good game against Pascal Siakam in game one. They really kept him out of the low post. Didn't allow him to use his strength or his speed down there. In the, in the second and third game, he got a little more comfortable, right? And when he found Marcus Smart or uh, Jalen Brown on him, he was able to get position and score. I think it's going to be really difficult for him to manage that in game five. So, unfortunately, I got to pick the greenies but I still like the wraps in seven.
0: Tom, any thoughts on the, uh, well, actually go ahead, Sean, on your, your pick for uh, Denver and Clippers game three.
2: I think the the Clippers come back and win this one handily. So Clippers up two one
0: Laker, Tom, your thoughts on both games. Um, I
3: think that, uh, I'm almost at the same point that Sean is. Um, I, th- I think that the, that the, uh, Celtics are going to win the next game, Um, but I'm not so sure they're going to win the series. Um, I think that they, I think that that last minute shot could have changed the outcome of that series. Um, And as far as the Clippers go, ah, as much as I hate to say it, I don't see Kawhi missing those little bunnies, little four and five foot shots and um but i i do have to say one thing that really surprised me and and i give uh i give the coaching staff of the nuggets a lot of credit because they played some defense in that game. They really played great scrambling tough defense and blocked a lot of shots and and uh really made it hard for anybody who got underneath. Um and uh they've got a great point guard, man. That kid can play so i I think the Clippers could be in for a battle I think they I think that series could actually go so six or seven games um, but I think it's going to be the Celtics and the Clippers tomorrow.
0: Raphael, your thoughts on tomorrow's games
1: Toronto and the Clippers um, I predicted the Raptors in seven. I want to see the Nuggets win. you know how, like you you don't have a Choice, but during the game, you just find yourself rooting for a team, and it we're like Laker fans, we never have that problem.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we hate or the Clippers and the Celtics, man. That's it,
1: and I don't understand why Laker fans hate the Clippers, like it's not a rivalry. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's not never enough.
2: Well, I, I had a question
1: why spurning us is enough.
0: I've, Go ahead,
2: Sean. I, yeah, I've been thinking about this. Uh, to me, Gerald. Denver is facing a problem because they've already locked in to pay Jamal Murray. They've locked themselves in to play Jokic and Michael Porter. If he has a great year next year, they're going to have to max him out too. So, of those three, who's the odd man out there? Because somebody's going to have to go. They can't. I don't think so. You don't think Millsap's,
1: Millsap's contract comes off the books?
2: Yeah, yeah, he does. He does and that's a big
1: one. And then um,
2: Plumley also, I think Plumley comes has, yep, yeah.
1: yep. And then I think Barton may be coming off, and he's not even playing. So you but yeah, they, I mean,
2: so you don't you don't foresee a problem with them paying three guys?
1: No, okay, um, okay, no, not at all. Just because
2: I, I'm I'm saying Mike uh, Porter's like they're all worth it, but I'm saying Porter's really coming. That guy is coming along.
1: Well, I think they can hold his back issue against him, you know, just sure. his business, you know. But um, yeah, Millsap makes he made thirty million this year. So if you slide Porter into Millsap's contract, it's 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 not much of a difference. Uh, Plumlee makes fourteen, so that's forty four coming off the books just with those two guys alone.
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm just to me, I'm wondering is, is that enough though? Is, is that enough in know, in a stacked Western Conference? those three it just,
3: guys it depends on what happens with the coronavirus and what that does even if they even if they take the flattened uh, salary cap for next year which everybody's expecting um
2: yeah because they played in 14 playoff games last year they played yeah. in two, two seven game series you know this one may go five or six i just i don't know where they are like are they going to be this how league long league? how long are fans
3: not going to be able to go to games and how long but, will it take before they're comfortable coming back coming back to stadiums. That's going to, I mean, it's not so much the top half of the league that you're worried about. It's the bottom half of the league.
2: Right. Yeah. That's my concern. Because
3: You've got eight teams in each division, seven teams in each league that aren't going to make the playoffs, aren't going to get that playoff money. uh, And that's a perfect time for any of those teams to start building for the future, you know, (laughs) playing for the lottery and, uh, and dealing out any contracts they can to anybody else in the top half who's willing to who's willing to take advantage of coronavirus. I think there's a great opportunities for the Lakers in this situation because of their huge local TV contract. It's the TV local TV contracts are now the big differentiator.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, wait and see. They were
3: so young, though. Teams aren't going to get the salary, the salary sharing that they were getting
0: before. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what. There's going to be a lot more to talk about. Again, when it comes to later on down the line, we talk about all the different salary caps because we don't even know what the, what the salary cap is going to be set at. So we're going to have to wait and see, not only for this free agency uh, period, but going forward for next year and beyond, at least in the short term, until we actually get back to a some sense of a normalcy and people every you know start going ahead and filling up arenas, which could be quite some time indeed. But before we head on out, I'm going to go ahead and say it is going to be Toronto and the Clippers for me tomorrow. I think that Toronto has all the momentum behind them, and that's something to – I think what it comes down to is going to be Brad Stevens making the bad call on defense uh, for for the set that was there. I think playing a zone on that last play is going to end up costing the Boston Celtics in the series. And I'll tell you what, right now the Clippers just can't beat them right now as far as in a seven-game series – when it comes to Denver, what they have, uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but uh, you know, the Clippers right now, I'm rooting
3: for you to be wrong.
0: I'm rooting for me to be wrong as well. Yeah, but I mean, right, right I mean, now you got to go with your head and say the Clippers uh, and you even mentioned it, to Tom, uh, you know, how do you expect Kawhi to have such a bad game once again? It's just, it's not going yeah. to be, he can't go. He's not going to be doing it two games in a row. He's just,
3: shots are just too easy, man. Yeah. I mean,
0: can't do it. Can't do it. But before we head on out, my friends, uh, I want to go ahead for you guys to plug what you're doing. So Sean, what are you up to
2: at lakerholics.com? Hey Gerald, we've got a a really great uh game 3 preview coming up. Um look, just looking at small little adjustments we can make on the defensive end. Uh, I really feel that it, like Tom said, if we don't uh we don't overplay our hand there in the corners, we stay glued Uh, I think could pull out a victory in Game 3 without having N'Gina in between.
0: Laker Tom, what do you got cooking up? I know you say you've always got like two, three articles on the burner somewhere. So what do you got planned for uh, us here? Just as a
3: teaser for you, Gerald, specifically, the the two stories that I'm working on on the side are why we shouldn't pursue Giannis and why we should pursue CV3
0: all right like tom i know you said those two but i'm sure you've got also a playoff rondo article somewhere in there as well but you can find all the work it'll that will
3: actually, actually be the topic tomorrow
0: yeah i bet it will be you can actually find the great work of laker tom and also as well sean grice aka magic man today at lakerholics.com you see it right there on facebook live be part of the conversation you'll also see as well great videos from Mafia barlow You'll see, also, of course, every single episode of Lakers Fast Break Podcast, plus great five things, articles from a good friend, Jamie Sweet. And then you also see a lot of good things there as well from, again, Sean Grice and Tom Wong at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and be part of the conversation where you can interact with them and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But before we head on out, Rafael, you have the floor, my friend, what are you up to each and every day at your awesome experience known as NBA draft junkies?
1: Same every day. Every day is the same. Just, uh, updating content and, uh, I'm putting together a Grant Riller piece. And, uh, I, I did a couple interviews today. I dealing with, uh, a prospect named Henry drill it was a projected second round pick. And, um, I'll probably put it up tomorrow, but we just kind of talked about the weird predicament that he's in as a player who's in the 2020 NBA draft, but he's actually playing right now for his team in Europe. And there's a chance that if he's drafted, the team may want him to come over right away, which means he's going to have to leave his team in the middle of the season. So, um, it was interesting to, to have that conversation. So that should be up soon. And then, um, I had a a guest who I invited to come on the podcast to talk about his uh, big board. And so we did that interview yesterday and that should be up on the site also.
0: I can't wait to see that one because you said some interesting things about it that is going to make a lot of people talk. There's going to be a lot of comments on that one. I can't wait for it, my friend. Uh, for us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, wanted to go ahead and make sure everybody knows that this week on Monday show, dropping on all podcast formats everywhere, not only do we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture, and there is a ton of news I had to catch up with my good friend Josh Peterson on, but also as well, again, I will be having an interview on Monday show with the director of the number one movie, one of the directors anyways, the number one movie that's now currently on HBO Max. It's called Class Action Park. It is an awesome Awesome movie. It's a great documentary. If you get a chance, check it out. It's based off of the 1980s New Jersey-based action park. One of It well, actually is considered in the history, in the annals of history, as the most dangerous amusement park ever created. So if you want to go ahead and check that out right now on HBO Max or check out why you should go ahead and check it out, you're going to go ahead and listen to my show, The Pop Culture Cosmos, available everywhere you get your podcasts and on radio stations worldwide. And again, each and every day here for France at the Lakers Fast Break, Raphael and I cover the world of the NBA playoffs each and every day. Each and every day. So we'll be back tomorrow night. You can always get a hold of Raphael at Barlow500. And I do suggest you follow his Twitter because it's always very interesting and always very insightful. Or at NBA Draft Junkies. Laker Tom, he's just as interesting for altogether different reasons. But just as interesting, and plus you can also get a heads up on all the articles that he's doing at Laker Tom. John Grice, best place to get a hold of him, a.k.a. Magic Man, at Lakerholics.com. Of course, us at Lakers Fast Break as well. Well, my friends, it's been great talking to you. You know what? It's just, it's just an awesome time. Lakers win again. Lakers win! Lakers win, 117-109. to 109. Let's see what they can do to keep that momentum going into Game 3 on Tuesday. But Marafiel and I will be back on Monday to talk more NBA playoffs right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.